Spring is in full swing and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor the question on everyone's minds did jesus build a tiny volcano when he was in his uh schooling it's what it's what the people wanted to know mark people want to know why do christians deny science we're talking about it today i'm mark dickey Uh, and i'm already regretting my decision to do this episode bert miller this is the why do christians podcast (laughs) Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on the Bridge Radio Station. My co-host is Pastor Bert Miller from Solid Ground Church. Bert, how are you today? Mark Hawking Dickey. <laughs> That's a good Doing one. Doing great. Thanks. That's a good one. Yeah, that is your middle name. No. Oh. No. Well, it could have been. No. You're sure now? I'm sh- I'm certain. You know, science would dictate you know, I, that we I, test this I theory. I have a hypothesis. Yeah, that's right. And I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So the big question today, why do Christians deny science? Can we just can we just get out there real quick and say they don't? Yeah. 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 Hey, thanks for the clickbait. <laughs> Now, no, but a lot day. of people, a lot of people would have you believe you have to choose one or the other. Yeah. And remember that commercial, was it tortilla chips? It's like, why not both? Uh-huh. What was that commercial? I don't know, but you remember, remember the show Lost? Remember yeah. that? There, were, there was John Locke and, and, yeah. like, and, and the, he had that line where he said, you know, like the difference between you and me, Jack, is that you're a man of science and I'm a man of faith. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, but no, you hit the nail on the head. We don't deny science. What we deny is uh, what we would call secular humanism that poses as science. Like that's that's what Christians have a hard time with. Basically, when people take a, a worldview that is, um, you know, nature is all that there is, what is seen is all that there is, and all that can be trusted, um, and then pose that as science, that is itself a religion. It's a belief system, right? Mm. So, like, you know, if we were to take the the formation of the universe, right? Um, it takes just as much faith, I would argue more, to say that all of it came from nothing by itself than uh, agency of a creator. Hmm. Um, and so what Christians have a hard time with, it, it, it's not science. We have a hard time when a worldview is presented as science, when that may not be the case. Or when, when science is given the place of religion where people say that it can determine meaning. Um, hmm. we, like when No, science observes. It can't do that. that that's when we have a hard time with it. I, I promise you I saw this in either a history book or a science book when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it was high school, but uh, that the reason the sciences were formed was an act of worship. Many of them, yes. So that yeah. we could figure out how God did it. Yeah, yeah. There's this, um, there's this popular belief, and it is a false belief, that Christians have been the opponents of science throughout history, mm. right? So you can think about like um, there's stories. Oh man, Copernicus, who 
made the the bold claim that the earth revolves around the sun and not the sun around the earth and that you know the church uh was against him we know that is just factually inaccurate like i've got here actually in front of me uh a letter that nicholas i want to say schoenberg is how you say his name i'm not german but uh, he was the he was a uh, cardinal in the church um he actually wrote to copernicus when copernicus's studies were being uh released he says i've also learned that you've written an uh, exposition of this whole system of astronomy and have computed to planetary or motions and set them down in tables to the greatest admiration of all. Therefore, listen to this, with utmost earnestness, I entreat you, I'm asking you, uh, most learned sir, unless I inconvenience you, to communicate this discovery of yours to scholars at the earliest possible moment and to send me your writings on the sphere of the universe together with the tables and whatever else you have that's relevant to the subject. In other words, get what you're saying out there. Hmm. Let people know about it. That's amazing. Um, yeah, you can think of like uh, Louis Pasteur, right? The, the the father of so many medical uh, things, uh, vaccines, and what, and what have you. Um, he read the Gospels and was inspired by Jesus healing, and said, "I want people. I I, I want to heal like Jesus does." Hmm. Um, so th- this belief that somehow science is at ends with faith. No, you're exactly right. Um, so many of them were formed because people looked at how they believed God Himself had made the world, made the universe, and they wanted to observe it. Yeah. So why do we have this, like, it's gotta be this or it's gotta be this. Like, why, why do we have to argue about this? Yeah. Well, I mean, there isn't a simple answer to that, but you know, sometimes I think what happens is we're taught a version of Christianity um, that I would argue is not historical nor biblical um, that places us in a situation where we have to choose either um, I trust the scriptures or I trust what people are telling me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think of, you know, um, probably the most famous example would be right now, like the big contemporary debate thing that's happening uh, would be origins of mankind evolution. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not a proponent of evolution of uh, cards on the table. I, I'm a literal Genesis one guy. I believe the earth was created. Uh, in six days, and then God rested on the seventh. But uh, folks who are in the faith disagree with me on that. Um, but what happens is people are basically told that the Bible, almost like it's a house of cards. So like if you take one story out, um, the whole thing comes crumbling. And and it's not even so much like taking it out. It's that if you don't take a literal reading of Genesis 1, um, it means that you're either not truly a Christian or um, you're, you're compromising with the world in some way. Hmm. And, and there are, there are groups that have a very, very dogmatic um, viewpoint, which is the earth has to be this age and the earth has to have been created in this way. And usually they're responding to the humanist evolution viewpoint, which is, Hey, like there are different degrees of, of what evolution is, right? So some people, they say, Evolution and what they mean is what's called macroevolution, which is all life came from one thing, like a like you know, some some simple organisms evolved. And others they mean microevolution, which would be mutation, right? So like you know, most famously with, with Dar there were Darwin's finch, finches, right? Like here's these uh birds on an island, they're different depending on uh how the food source is, right? And and that would be microevolution. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I'm not saying Darwin did not believe in macro, but 
regardless what people are told is that like no the earth has to be this age and it, and it has to be a literal reading of genesis one and again i i affirm genesis one okay like i affirm a literal reading that, that, that just that is where i am but it's a mistake to believe that if a person views genesis one as allegorical they're not a christian and the reason i say that is because as long as there have been christians christians have disagreed about reading genesis one hmm. in terms of like what it means um so like people who, who have this uh, very very firm viewpoint of you know, you're not being true to the faith if you if you wonder if Genesis one is being symbolic. Um, they'll say that like no, that's a newer idea. Only no, it's not. History attests to that. Um, so just to kind of give a little framework for it, um, there's this passage that the early church fathers would reference um, in Second Peter three eight, where Peter says, "But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day, right?" And so. Um, they took that and they would wonder, okay, like we know that Genesis one, like in Genesis three onwards written like a standard narrative or there's a story happening, but in Genesis one, there's all this like repetition. Like, is it poetry? Is it not? Um, is it symbolic? Is it not? Again, I think it, I think it's literal, but, but Christians, as long as there have been Christians just sort of engaged with the text in that way. So like, I'm thinking about like, for instance, there was a guy named uh, Justin Martyr who early church father, uh, he writes about uh, 155 AD, okay? And he actually says this. He says for this in, uh, his dialogue with Trypho, uh, he says, for as Adam was told that in the day he ate of the tree, he would die, we know that he did not complete a thousand years. We have perceived, moreover, that the expression, the day of the Lord is as a thousand years, is connected with this subject. Meaning, so like, he's looking at the creation story and he's being like, okay, but is it, a physical day or is it a thousand year span right uh, and, and justin martyr isn't alone in that there's um there was a guy named irenaeus who was a uh early church bishop he writes this in his in 189 a.d in his book called against heresies he says there are some again who relegate the death of adam to the thousandth year for since a day of the lord is as a thousand years he did not overstep the thousand years but died within them thus bearing out the sentence of his sin um, I mean, we could talk about others. We could talk about origin of Antioch. We could talk about Clement of Alexandria. Um, most notable, there's an early church father named St. Augustine who is just instrumental in uh, how much we, like how we do biblical scholarship, theology. Augustine actually, he said, listen, um, the Genesis 1 story, it's symbolic because he goes, he goes, I think what happened was that God created it all at once in one moment. And all the different days are different like angles looking at the same event. Hmm. Um I say all this to say the following, that it's not, hey, I believe Genesis 1 is literal or I'm not a Christian. Th those are not the same thing. And Christians, have long, as long as there have been Christians, have disagreed on this. Um, and so I, I say this for like the, the kid, you know, who goes to school. Maybe they, they, you know, maybe they were, uh, they, grew, they grew up, they went to Christian school or they were homeschooled and they go off to a, you know, you hear the story of, they go to a secular university and they're told like here, here's all this evidence for for evolution and whether that's credible or not is a whole different conversation yeah um and they're told listen here's like we have it in front of us your faith doesn't work and so they just leave the entire faith because they were told it's either all or nothing with that and what i'm saying is the way they're being told that isn't fair to the experience of christians over two thousand years um like they're they're if like again I'm not for taking stories out of the Bible and ignoring them. Um, I'm not for saying like, also, oh, you know, it doesn't matter 
uh, what happened. No, it, it matters because we're dealing with God creating the world. Um, but what I would say is that our faith does not rise and fall on a literal reading of Genesis 1. Our faith rises and falls on the literality of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It, according to the scriptures in 1 Corinthians, if that happened, be a Christian, and if it didn't, don't. Mm-hmm. So don't, I, I would say to our listeners, don't feel so you have to choose between faith or science. Um, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And something that you, that we bring up frequently on the podcast is there's closed handed beliefs and yes. open handed. Yes. Can you explain and, that for us? Yeah. The, just simply uh, the, and I think it was the, the resurrection, why we believe in Easter mm-hmm. um, that if Jesus didn't die and rise from the dead, like Christianity falls apart. Yes. That's a closed belief and think, think of a closed hand. Like you're holding on to this belief. Yeah. It, it can't go anywhere. Yeah. If, if, if this, you don't have this, you're not a Christian. Right. Yeah. The Trinity would be another one, but an open handed. Yes. And an open handed belief is something that it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you're better at explaining this than I am. No, I think it, right. it doesn't. Well, that doesn't matter is that we can disagree. You can let it go. You can yeah. let this belief go. It can it can blow away in the wind and be replaced with a different one uh, because it's not going to. Sh- it, it's not a. It's not a load bearing wall. Yeah, <laughs> in your faith. Yeah, like so. F- for instance, um, you know, an open handed belief. Um, like, can we disagree on this and still be Christians? Um, I-, I would say that uh, you know, like we did an episode on different spiritual gifts, right? Like, so Christians disagree about what gifts are still active or not. I think a person who disagrees with me on, like I, I take the viewpoint that all gifts are still continuing. Uh, if somebody disagrees with me on that, I would still consider them, uh, that uh, that would be a deal breaker. They would still, to me, be my brother or sister in the Lord because it's an open-handed issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes to Genesis 1, I, I would say that Genesis, the interpretation of Genesis 1 is an open-handed issue. Right. The the open handed is uh, that interpretation. Close handed would be God created it. Yeah, like God made the earth and, right. and everything around us. How he did that. it, how long it take took him to do it. That's that's open handed. Yeah, we don't need to have that set in stone to believe that there's a God who loves you and He sent His Son to die for you. Yes. <laughs> hey, Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. Something that you got me thinking about while we're talking about all this and, and why why the question has to be asked, why do Christians deny science? It's almost like the the scientific community as a whole is is so against Christians. Right. That we just have to go, well, we don't like you either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know that's that's an interesting point. Like, I have friends who are well within the scientific community who are outspoken Christians who view like what you were talking about earlier. Like, they view their profession as a means of worship to God. You know, 
Uh, I'm thinking of uh, a woman uh, who used to be in our church and she moved uh, up north to Massachusetts where her thing was, you know, she was studying uh, microbiology and, and uh, all kinds of stuff like that. And um, mm. and she was saying, like, when I look at cells, when I look at this, when I look at that, I can't help but worship the Lord because of the complexity that it mm. takes for these to exist. And knowing that God made that uh, when he made us, it's just, it's astounding to me. Um, and, and so, you know, but what happens though is you get folks who, um, they can be smug, right? Who maybe they maybe they are humanists, maybe they're atheists, but they're also scientists. And what they can do is they can insult your intelligence if you don't take their viewpoint, um, because they've skewed the data in a way that they try to support their own worldview. It's not the data; it's it's their worldview uh, presented through um, a manipulation of data. And so that you know they can take cheap shots and what have you um, at those with faith, and so those with faith react um, vehemently. And exactly what you're saying right now, like, well, if that's what you think, well, then this is what we're gonna gonna do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not correct either. Um, the correct thing to do is just go, okay, like like your personal insult towards me does not dictate truth. Truth dictates truth. Like like okay, this is what you say, but here's why what you're saying can't be true. Here's why what you're saying, you know, um, famous example would be uh, Dr. Carl Sagan, who a famous scientist back in the 70s, um, who who believed um, that the universe was e- was eternal. Like mm-hmm. he believed that um, the universe had no beginning and it had no end. Um, and, and he was, you know, famously quoted as saying all that there ever or the cosmos is all that there ever was and all that there ever will be. Okay, well, that's not a viewpoint that any scientist takes. <laughs> Most, I should say, I'm sure there's like somebody who does, but the prevailing viewpoint now within um, the 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 popular scientific theories of uh, origins of the universe. And again, we can disagree here, um, but a popular one would be the Big Bang theory, right? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of like which which, by the way, uh, the person who coined that was a Jesuit priest, um, <laughs> but. But it, but what Big Bang Theory says is, all right, there's a moment when the universe like exploded into existence. Whether you agree with that or not, I'm not going there. But like, just that is, it's it it went from a viewpoint of the universe is this own self sustaining thing to the universe had a beginning. Mm-hmm. Now, those of us of of the faith, we say, all right, if you believe that, if you believe that the universe had a beginning, and again, dating it all that stuff, like again, we're not going there. I'm just saying, like like hypothetically, if you believe it has a beginning then you have to ask, what is the first cause? And this is where people start to become uncomfortable uh, if they take the humanist viewpoint because, because like, you know, there if there is a first cause, it always has to go back to something. It has to go back to a beginner, mm-hmm. right? And so even within within popular science right now, I think you are seeing this this shift, and I'm not a scientist. Just, I'm a minister, but I am seeing this shift where it seems like um, – the prevailing theory actually um, we can leverage to talk about faith, even if you don't agree with the theory, like, because what you can say to somebody is look, okay, well, if that's what you believe, you've got a bigger problem. That is you have to explain the origin of the universe. If you are if the universe just always existed, um, well, then you don't have to deal with the idea of, of, is there a God or not? But if you say the universe has a beginning, you've got some accounting to do. Right. Yeah. And you think of it like kind of the reverse too, like 
somebody said to me, if, if I die and that's it, this is, now we're talking about sort of about heaven, mm-hmm. you know, what happens after my experience in the universe, mm-hmm. if I die and that's it, then what have I lost? Because if there is no beginner, if there is no maker, right. if there is no life after death, then everything we do here, no matter how great it is, no matter how many rocket ships we build to explore the cosmos, if somebody figures out how to make people live for a thousand years, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. If, if you're just going to die and that's the end and there's nothing, then none of it matters. Yeah, There's no feat that humans can accomplish that makes it matter Yeah, if we all just die and it's over. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I know that's not in scripture, and it's not it's it's not scientific it's not anything but if none if if there's nothing beyond the experience here on this planet right. or in this universe then well no but but here's here's the thing okay let's let's say let's say you take a humanist viewpoint and you take a belief that this is all that there is okay i mean I, I, i'm going to just i'm going to playfully just poke at that okay, okay. based on what you can observe we know that things don't just go away, right? You have a, a, a human body that that uh, passes the way the body decays, the 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 cells, the they go somewhere else, right? That's mm-hmm. true also with energy, like uh, matter, right? Um, like just that is okay. Why would you assume that the human consciousness would be any different? So if every mm. if everything that we know of that exists doesn't go away, it just moves somewhere else. Why would you assume that the human consciousness and awareness ceases to be when a body ceases to uh, be here? Um, if everything else is, is is moved, and like further to the point, just to to go against this sort of humanist uh, viewpoint, like you know, there were, and and when we talked about earlier about you know, like they, they say this smug thing and it, and it takes shots at us or whatever. Um, you know, I think I think atheist comedians are 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 great at doing this mm-hmm. and sort of it's sort of presenting it as though. Um, you know, you're kind of an idiot unless you believe this thing. Most notably, probably one of the one of the most outspoken atheist communities would be uh, Ricky Gervais, right? Ricky Gervais, mm. uh, creator of The Office, um, or one of the creators of The Office. Um, I, I've heard him say in multiple interviews, he'd be like, you know, why do I not believe in in religion? He'd say, well, you know, if if all of science were to go away, eventually we would rediscover it all. And be right where we are because it's unquestionable, right? So, like, if everything that we know about how the world works, just like all that knowledge was forgotten, um, we we would eventually work it back out, right? He goes, but if you do that with God or Jesus, um, it doesn't come back. And that sounds like a gotcha until you realize how stupid of a statement that is. And the reason that's stupid is because he's he's equating. Uh, workings of creation with personhood. Any person who let's, let's let's take Abraham Lincoln. Okay, we know Abraham Lincoln existed. Like mm-hmm. we know that. Okay, if we lost all documentation of Abraham Lincoln, would Abraham Lincoln still have existed? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Of course. And so the same way, well, you know, if we were to lose all uh, knowledge of Jesus of Nazareth, like would he have still? Existed? Yes, he would have. And, and let's just take a second, by the way, to take pause that there are so many names uh, from the, the first century 
in, in Judea that are lost to history, and yet this guy is completely different, never lost history, the most documented fish, or figure in history, mm. um, whose life is so exceptional that multiple biographies were produced about it um, within decades of his life, which was unheard of in that world. Mm. Um, and so like, it's apples and oranges. It sounds really smart until you realize how dumb it is. And, and, and I bring that up to say, like, what happens is Christians can hear those types of things and just, in a reactionary standpoint, pivot away and just go, well, then forget all science. And that's also wrong. Just, like, like let's let truth be truth. Like, like if, if something is true, we don't have to be afraid of it because it's true. Uh, but if it's not, it'll be found out. Mm-hmm. Bert, I feel like this episode is yet another fire hose episode mm-hmm. where you can bring up the topic and yeah, we've got 20, 30, 40 minutes to discuss it. Mm-hmm. And even with uh, educated thoughts and opinions, like we could still run out of time and not cover it all. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know that this episode needs a part two, but just the fact that it's been debated as long as it's been a thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's there's just there's just a lot that you can differ on, and it's kind of an open hand belief, like we talked about earlier. Sure, and uh, that's just it's just really interesting. You've had so many great points about this, and every time you say something, I go, "Ooh, that reminds me of this." Oh, yeah. that reminds me of that. Yeah, and I bet we could talk for about four hours about this Probably. and still not be done. <laughs> we, we, you know, one thing. Let me let me just. I know we're we're nearing our end here, but I would just want to um, say really quick um, because what I, what I would hate for uh, somebody who's listening to hear from me uh, saying, so maybe maybe you're listening to this and you are not a Christian. Um, you don't approach the world with with a theistic or belief in God mindset. And so when I when I said at the beginning, um, hey, I believe in gen- like a literal reading of Genesis one. Maybe you instantly checked out, and the reason you did was you went, okay, well, look, this guy clearly he doesn't believe evidence in front of him. Like he's just shown himself to be, you know, closed minded or what have you. And and I would just want to clarify this exact thing. Um, I'm not a Christian because of how I read Genesis one. I'm a Christian because of Jesus Christ. Mm. Like what you want to believe about the universe and its origins, those do not make or break my faith. The evidence for or against um, evolution or not, the evidence that I think does make or break my faith that's painfully in front of me is the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. I think the evidence is really, really strong. And in fact, I would encourage you to read uh, a couple of books. One would be The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Um, there's another one called uh, Cold Case Christianity. I think that's that's a really great one. Wasn't wasn't Case for Christ? Wasn't he an athe- atheist trying yeah. to prove? Yeah, he was an atheist journalist for the Chicago Tribune and uh, set out to disprove Christianity because his wife converted and ended up converting in the process as he <laughs> he researched it. Um, another one would be or uh, would be uh, evidence that demands a verdict by McDowell. Um, I, I would say to you that. I take the view on Genesis one that I do because of my reading of other places in scripture uh, and how I believe Jesus treated those subjects. Now people disagree with me on, on that, but my faith does not rise and fall on that. 
And so if you're hearing this from me and you're hearing it like, oh, he doesn't care about evidence, I do. But the evidence that I care about is not in the wheelhouse that you're looking for. Like, And I would say that to you. The, the thing that will make you or break you is did Jesus rise from the dead? If he did, be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of space for what you do with the other stuff after that. But if he didn't, don't. And it would be easier for you to engage obscure topics that don't make or break the faith, to sort of hide behind them. Well, you know, I, I, I can't believe in God because, you know, here's a story of, a, of, a, of an ark or this. Uh, the ark doesn't make or break the faith. Again, I, I believe in the ark, okay? Mm-hmm. What makes or breaks it is the death and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth. So if you're really going to be intellectually honest with yourself and you're really going to say, I know this religion is not true, you owe it to yourself to research that specific event. And if you can come away from the research done on that and say it didn't happen, okay. But until you're willing to grapple with that, the conversation even can't, like, it can't be had. You just got me thinking, have you seen that picture? It's of like a bird. It's like a woodpecker with a chipmunk on the back of it. No. What? It's like a real photograph of a bird flying with like a chipmunk on the back of it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you told me that I would not believe you except there's photographic evidence. (laughs) And it just got me thinking about, you know, Oh, maybe this story in the Bible is pretty out there. Doesn't mean it didn't happen. Mm. And just because you can't in 2024, whatever year you're listening to this, make it work. You can't make the numbers work. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah. I'm going to find out later on that that that, that photo it was, was photoshopped. photoshopped. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's going to be like, nope, I, I did right. the, uh, what's the fact checking website? Snopes. Snopes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I asked Jeeves and he said, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mark, what do they do if they've got a question for the show? Yes, you can send your questions to podcast at wearethebridge.org. And we very well might have raised some new questions for you on the topic. And maybe there is a follow-up episode with maybe a specific direction from today's episode. We'd love to hear your questions, hear your thoughts podcast at wearethebridge.org. Be sure to put why do Christians in the uh, subject of the email just so that it gets to us for sure because there's a bunch of podcasts on the network. But we really appreciate you diving into science. And we still don't know if Jesus did any science fair projects when he was uh, a little Jewish boy. I'm going to go with probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Did we? So we answered that question. Okay, great. We did. Great. We did. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>